Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, we discuss the Texans' trip to Soldier Field. Will it be the last time Trubisky squares off against Watson in a Bears uniform? Let's hope so. We'll stroll down memory lane and remember that oh-so-beautiful draft day in 2017. That and much more coming your way on episode 27 now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, your favorite home for the best Chicago sports talk. I'm Joey Gelman. I'm on Twitter at Joey Gelman. The man across the Skype is Dan Collins. You can follow him on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. The show Believe in Chicago Sports is on Twitter as well, at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. And we are going to jump right in and stroll down memory lane because... It's Watson Trubisky. It's the it's another Ryan Pace bowl. Normally, it's Mahomes Watson or or Trubisky Mahomes or Trubisky Watson. Whatever combo you want to make, we got one this weekend. Deshaun Watson coming to Soldier Field to wreak havoc on the Bears. We'll see, but it brings back conversation and memories about what has transpired from 2017 till now and what the Bears really have have turned into since that fateful day and and we all know the Trubisky Mahomes comparisons and everything that goes along with that but this one now is Deshaun Watson and I think there's a lot more angst and anger towards the Bears passing up Watson for Trubisky than there ever has been Mahomes because nobody knew what Mahomes was going to be back then so this is really the game that really can pretty much seal Ryan Pace's fate if Watson comes up to Chicago and, and torches the Bears. But I'll, I'll bring it Dan here as we get in this discussion, but it's it's just interesting to keep playing this out. But, like you said, I hope it's the last damn time we have to deal with oh. this storyline because it's just knife after knife after knife in your back every time we got to deal with it. Oh, trust me, you don't have to worry about that, my friend. And if anything, Joey, I'll be quite honest with you. I haven't told you this yet pre-show um, or anything via text message or whatnot. I'm very excited to do the show today. I think this is going to be a very fun one. Why? Because, sure, it's a recurring topic ever since that that also beautiful draft day, like I said in the tease there, of a 2017 NFL draft, when the Bears traded up to get Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback, going into that draft. The Bears were basically... QB one less like you you knew there was still many options on the table there whether it be free whether it be that day during the draft or in free agency what were they going to do to get a quarterback they happen to draft Mitchell Trubisky number two overall um, moving up to get him and leaving Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes of course like you said on the table the the two highlighted quarterbacks in that draft now with hindsight but every time this story comes up it means more and more and more it's a good thing that we keep comparing Mitchell Trubisky more so, like you said, with Watson, because there was a lot of people who, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, right? But the the hotshot quarterback, national champion, coming out of coming into that draft was Deshaun Watson. That was that was the can't miss quarterback during that time. And I know there's still a lot of pundits and things like that that had Trubisky as number one for whatever reason. Obviously, they were all wrong, but. You said, and I think you're actually wrong about this, that this could potentially 
seal Ryan Pace's fate, wh- whatever direction it goes. Right? Like, let's say Watson comes out, hangs 30 or 40 on the Bears. Pace is definitely done right. The only part of that that I will disagree with is I think Pace is done already. Why? Because just showed a lack of <laughs> due diligence. I don't know what it is, how you want to word it, to when you go about, when you reminisce and you think about what they did and the thought process they had to draft Mitchell Trubisky over to Sean Watson. And this is all just a flashback of that. And every time something like this comes up, we we assess the situation that we're in now. And as we well know, it's only gotten far worse since that day in 2017. And since it's gotten worse and worse and worse, unfortunately for the Chicago Bears, that makes the that makes it look even worse when the spotlight once again is put on Ryan Pace for Trubisky v. Watson. And you go back to just the way that they went ahead and what was it? They had a scoop of ice cream with Deshaun Watson and then said, okay, see you later. And then went out for steaks and who knows what else the hell they, they went ahead and did with, with Trubisky because basically Trubisky was their guy. I mean, you can look at all the reports, you can look at all the quotes, do whatever research you want to do. And there's a lot of, you know, credible things out there that basically said they, they barely gave Deshaun Watson the time of day, barely. You're talking about a guy who you could just be an average football fan, right? And you would know that this is a guy you have to look at if you're thinking about drafting a quarterback with your top five pick, right? So the Bears, Ryan Pace in particular, obviously had this idea. He knew that with this high draft pick, he was going for a quarterback. And then ever so quickly, it seems made up his mind that that guy was going to be Mitchell Trubisky through a very, very, very not-so-detailed process from what it seems, right? Like I said, we, we don't necessarily have to break it all down here now on the podcast, but just Google it, do a little research if you want. The Bears basically didn't give Watson the time of day. They did not give enough – they didn't do enough due diligence there, right? Like I, that, That's what the consensus is, and there's been nothing out – you know, reported from any credible source that will tell you otherwise. Okay. That, that this is not nothing that that's not known to the masses. So that being said, look at where now where that has led us, right? Like I said, you don't even need to play this game, right, Joey? You already know that what that decision did for Ryan Pace's career here in Chicago and with the bears basically ended it now because he tied, he tied his legacy here in the town to that pick. You had the guts to say, oh, yeah, Deshaun Watson, that guy who went ahead and, you know, rallied Clemson to their second national championship ever in school history, beats Alabama in the, in the winding, winding seconds of the game. Oh, yeah, no big deal. We're, we're still going to go out and draft this guy, you know, from North Carolina who doesn't have nearly, not even close, not even 0.10% of the resume that Deshaun Watson had coming out of college. <laughs> but for whatever reason, you still go that route. All right, we'll see you later because it's just what you deserve. And he knew that drafting Mitch Trubisky. Think about it. If you're in Ryan Pace's shoes and that's the <laughs> by far not so safe pick that you make, then if it doesn't work out and it's as ugly as it's been ever since, time to go find another job. I'm sorry, am I being too harsh there? I don't know. No, I don't think so. 
Okay, there we go. All the Bears fans listening are like, hell no, you're right. Get no, because it's true. I mean, you knew that the second they drafted him, when, when you make that big of an investment, your entire career is tied to that player, especially at quarterback. If you want to think if they picked, I don't know, a wide receiver or a running back, like it's a big miss. I mean, Watson. well, that too. Yeah, but you tried being the smartest man in the room. Right, it didn't work. And I, and I think, you know, like you said, we don't have to rehash everything, but I think the history lesson you can learn from it can also portray of what you expect kind of in the future and what's kind of taken place during this this tenure for Ryan Pace. And I think, you know, I, I was reading, there was a good article by Dan Reeder of the Chicago Tribune. I know you've said there's many in the past of rehashing this entire process of what happened. But what I kind of forgot about and, and didn't really take stock in when it happened. Oh, get the piss off alarm ready. Here we go. <laughs> was the fact that this decision was made by Ryan Pace and the current head coach of the Bears at the time, John Fox, having zero clue that it was going to happen. And when you think about building a team and investing that much for a quarterback to be your next franchise guy, you got to be in lockstep between your GM, your coach, your president, and your ownership. And the fact that you were in a situation where Ryan Pace was kind of saddled with choosing John Fox, didn't really want him here, and instead of kind of getting rid of him and doing the heave-ho earlier than he wanted, he kept him, didn't tell him he was picking a quarterback, so you have a quarterback married with a coach that didn't know he was happening or really wanted him, and then you... That's your way of telling the coach he's gone no matter what. Right, but then then you saddle the next guy with the quarterback he may not like, which now is Matt Nagy. And And you can say all you want about Nagy's flaws, but... There's a disconnect with that marriage, too. And so it, they, they kind of done everything ass backwards, and it makes complete sense as to why they would be that disorganized to, to, to poorly evaluate a national champion in Watson and take a guy like Trubisky. And I feel terrible for Watson, too. His situation in Houston's miserable. I mean, thank God they got rid of Bill O'Brien, but you'd be in such a different and better place right now with, with a guy like Deshaun Watson. And... And you sit here now, you know, you kept talking about last week and the week before of how, you know, the change from the Bears that we're talking about from going to a playoff team to, to the basement hasn't been that long. And so you're sitting here now from the 2017 draft to what will now be the 2021 draft, and you're having to do this franchise quarterback selection all over again. And that's... That's awful. That's absolutely awful. Well, that's what happens when the guy you draft is a bust. I mean, let's face Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, is a bust. You were drafted number two overall, right? Like, you are nowhere near number two overall status in the NFL. If he has a job next year, it's most likely going to be holding a clipboard. You're a bust. That is not a number two overall talent. So, yeah, when, when you draft a guy at arguably the most important position in all of sports and he's a bust, then, well, like you said, Joey, we're right back on the hamster wheel again. And, oh, look, we're at this part now where we have to try to select another one. And which is why Ryan Pace is out of here. <laughs> There's one thing I'll give him, right? Having that high of a draft pick, 
there was one thing that told them, hey, you know what I have to do? The GM in this town, the guy who's running the football show here, has to find this city a quarterback. That's what I have to do. I have to go out and I have to find a quarterback. And Mr. Pace, thanks for thinking logically on that much, on, on that part. And yes, that's exactly what the city needed. Unfortunately, you didn't get the job done. And not only did he not get the job done, failed tremendously. I mean, absolutely failed right. tremendously. Because one thing, if you're in the draft that was Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston, like you may have missed, but the crop of the talent wasn't as good. This one was, you have two perennial pro bowlers and already an MVP and Super Bowl champion that you passed on. That's where the questions about talent evaluation are even bigger. Because one thing, if everyone missed, or if you kind of missed, or if it was the... And, and I don't know if, if that's why we have a, a bigger vision of it. Like, for example, like they keep showing the stats of Baker Mayfield, the Mitch Trubisky, have very similar stats, but Baker wasn't in that class with a pro bowler and a future Hall of Famer. Like, are, are we warped in that vision? I, I don't know, but... But there well, is they the, also yeah they also didn't give Watson the time of day right well, even beyond that right that's the most despicable part of it is that you you don't give that guy a, a champion and a winner that that type of that type of time but it's it's just it's that comparison is a frustrating one I think for Bears fans to look at their quarterback for but it also should should seal the fate of someone like Ryan Pace in that regard of that you're the talent the head talent evaluator for this team and. Like you said, give kudos. You're convicted. You wanted your guy. You picked that quarterback. But the fact that it was so wrong and you didn't even cared about really the other two guys that are now going to be torching the league, it's it's a really bad look. Yeah, but here's the thing. And more to your point, actually, just to piggyback right off it, Mitchell Trubisky's college stats like his whole career in, in college the, the sub 30 games that he had he had a very small resume right very small package size so he had the the intangibles you know the beers told you and they still tell you to this day you know all the right intangibles perfect you know perfect in that category and then from the skill set you know obviously coming out of college pretty raw didn't have a whole incredible lot of experience but it's something we could definitely work with okay if what he showed you in his little display you know, his small sample size on the playing field with, at UNC mixed with his intangibles. If you couple that together and that gives you your guy, fine. But Joey, please call me crazy if I'm crazy. But even if you're that sold on Mitchell Drabisky before draft day, like any, this is an incredible, it was, I should say past tense, an incredibly important career, his history, franchise defining moment when you put it up against a guy like Deshaun Watson, who's coming out of Clemson, Clemson reigning national champion, you know, you go on ahead and just obviously everything else that came with his college resume. How do you not go through everything you possibly could footage interviews, the whole nine yards just to make sure you're not making a mistake, right? It's like, right, check all the boxes, do all the homework, make sure you're absolutely certain it's like what if you're you gonna at do? home, right? Choosing a college or anything like, if you know Illinois is your school, how do you not do whatever it takes for right. other schools that maybe offer you scholarships or things like that? How do you not, like you just said, do the very simple chess checklist of checking off all the boxes? Dan, it's they could have so, called. 
It's just simple process thinking. Right. It is. They could have called us. We 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 saw Illinois play North Carolina yeah. in the 2015-2016 college football season. Who didn't start the game? Mitchell Trubisky. And then who was drafted second overall in the 2017 draft? Mitchell Trubisky. It's very simple. Yeah. We could have been the scouts of the ground and go, he's not playing. Don't pick him. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It's not even... There's There was obviously some kind of talent of evaluation flaw, right? Which, not good. You know, you, you don't want that type of flaw when drafting such an important position. So there's a flaw there. But the biggest flaw, the biggest, is that you didn't do the most simple thing that just any responsible person would have done. doesn't matter if you're a GM of a, of a NFL team. It doesn't matter if you're somebody buying their first home, buying their first car. You check all the boxes. You do your due diligence, and you make sure that even though you have your pick, you've done everything right to say, yep, we absolutely don't want this. Whether you're a hiring manager, anything, you make sure you have the right candidate, the right home, the right car, you name it, whatever type of scenario you want to go on ahead and compare it to. That is the most mind-boggling thing out of this whole situation, and I don't care what anybody says, if if all the reports are true, and like I said, it's been nothing but usually credible sources for the most part, and there's nothing out there that says anything completely opposite of it. It is by all means flat out indefensible, indefensible and fireable. It just is. Yeah. I know what the way the biggest sin. Yeah, everybody wants, you know, fire this person, fire that person. You're Nagy, Pays, Phillips. The, the list goes on and on, obviously, over there, what Beers fans are complaining about, but this just brings it back full circle, and it goes back to what you opened with. Man, if Watson, you know, hangs 30 or 40 on these guys, you know, the Bears over there at Soldier Field, pace is definitely gone. No, he already is because all this is doing is just reminding us <laughs> of that big mistake. Right. Hell, Trubisky could go out and defeat Watson this Sunday. It doesn't matter. That's not going to erase all the irresponsibleness that went into this. It's not. The Bears could come out victorious. Doesn't matter. The fact that that's what you did for such an important pick, don't want to hear about it. So yeah. That's why I was so excited to do the show. Today. Good. So do you think it was – I know we didn't have the show, obviously, when this all occurred, but do you think it was kind of like a like a Lamar Jackson complex of like, this guy was really good in college, but his game won't translate? It's that whole like old Bill Polian when he's in ESPN and they're like – you think Lamar Jackson's a good quarterback? And he's like, you know, I don't think his game will translate. He's really going to be a, a running back or a wide receiver when they switch his position at best. But his game can't translate to the quarterback position in the NFL. And I wonder, like, did, did they have that closed-minded of a of an attitude towards towards a guy like Watson who, you know, is the same with, like, you think about Lamar Jackson when he was at Louisville and it's like, yeah, was he breaking records and, 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 and always a Heisman favorite and this and that? Yeah, but did you ever... Mm-hmm. Think of him truly as an NFL quarterback? I I don't know. I mean, I'm not a college analyst or scout by any means, but yeah. it, it's that kind of complex of that, that style of quarterback that's maybe a little more run first that they kind of got scared by. Yeah, I think it's great. It, it's a, it's an interesting question, and unfortunately, I think that it doesn't matter because yeah. even no, no, it doesn't matter. Say, no, no. But let's say the answer is yes. Let's say the answer is yes. And, you know, Ryan Pace will, will stick by it where, you know what, Joey, you're 100% correct. And that's exactly what we were thinking. What I mean by saying it doesn't matter is it doesn't make what they did any better. 
like whatever it was that whatever the reason or the you know the the list of reasons were for not wanting Watson, it still doesn't erase not doing everything you should have done to do whatever it takes to just back that up, back that thought process up. For example, let's just for the sake of conversation, let's say you're right. Let's say what they thought were this style is not gonna not gonna fit in the NFL, not gonna sit with what our overall idea is of what we want the offense to be, not only with the quarterback we're bringing in, but coaches I'm looking at, like it's just not going to be a good mix. Fine. Let's say that was a thought process. They had to have some kind of negative thought process, right? There's a reason why they didn't pick them. There was something negatively they thought about. So let's go with that. Okay. You still should have done everything in your power to just make sure everything that you're witnessing, everything that you're hearing is doing nothing but backing up that thought process. And they didn't. So, I mean, that's what I mean by unfortunately it doesn't matter because maybe that's like the best argument you could have had, right? If that's, I mean, that's really like the only logical way of looking about it, right? Unless there's other things that Pace missed, not thought, it's missed at this point because we have hindsight on our side, but that's the only really logical-ish way of looking at it. But even if you're correct, once again, to bring bring the argument full circle again, they didn't do nearly enough to reassure themselves of that. And if you think you did, if you think the limited amount of time you spent with Deshaun Watson gave you all you needed to do to check all those boxes you're talking about and to back up that mindset, then how'd you even get where you're at in the first place? Right. I don't know, because you think about, I'm just thinking, I mean, I know this is a bad comparison, but I'm thinking of, a, of, you know, another college quarterback that is decorated and loved would be someone like a Tim Tebow, who was sure. meh. But you compare that and you go, okay, that's a that's a perennial, you know, champion. Two championships, one championship in college, Florida? I think it was two. I'll look it up right now. But I'm pretty sure it's two. Either way, that's another level of... Okay, he's a champion in college. He's a he's an all American in college, and we're gonna draft him high. And no, and even if he didn't turn out well, like they did their homework and they thought that could translate, it didn't work. Hmm. Well, like would the Bears have done that then? Like they, cause they they clearly didn't they didn't appreciate the college resume, and for some reason, playing in the final game of the year. Leading, like you said, that comeback in overtime to win a national championship is a lower tier grade on a resume than a than a North Carolina Tar Heels football season. Like it's kind of weird, right? Incredibly. <laughs> also, did the research for you. Two thousand and six, two thousand and eight. Tim Tebow, a BCS national Thank champion. You. So two time national champ. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I should know these things by heart. The only one I know that's two time champ is Joakim Noah at Florida. That's about all I remember. Like you said, those gators. let's put it this way, though, Joey. We are in a world now of information, data, especially when it comes to sports, especially when it comes to front offices, a whole lot on the MLB side, right? Not to switch up sports here, nothing like that. But in a job here or a job like that in the front office, I would like to think in the NFL, you rely at least a little bit on data just like that and what scouts are saying. No matter, Even if you think, like I said, it doesn't matter that – Oh, Deshaun Watson's just going to be, you know, the Tim Tebow type, or you know, he's going to be, you know, the, this, the, just this style just doesn't work. We see it over and over again. There were still going into that draft, plenty of experts, plenty of analysts, plenty of analysts, plenty of scouts that were saying, without a shot of a doubt, Deshaun Watson is either QB one, or obviously QB top three, top five in this draft class. There was enough professionals 
out there, credible professionals out there that had Deshaun Watson as a top five QB, top three QB, number one QB in that draft class. And for that reason alone, you have to do you have to do your damnest to make sure you're right. What 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 do they always say, especially like what head coaches you know in the NFL, all oh, they their whole life is football. It's just tape and prep and this and that. I would like to think <laughs> and I don't want to say like, you know, any you know, any GM of an NFL team has to be, you know, just work so tirelessly to the bone necessarily, but I would like to think a GM puts in a similar amount of hard work, right? So if that's the case during that time of the year in the off season, when you're trying to put in the first <laughs> franchise quarterback in forever, you have to work as hard as you possibly can and not just trust your gut because that's what it sounds like they did. They trusted their gut for whatever reason. It could be, like you said, the Tim Tebow type of comps or whatever it was. It seems like more of a quick analysis of what Deshaun Watson was in college mixed with a little bit of a gut feeling. And we'll kind of pass by really quick and check off the boxes. All right, we have our guy set in stone. And once again, just comes back to it should not have been that way. You have to be, you have to work tirelessly to make sure the top five, you know, we could go back to it. Top five QB, you know, class in 2017 draft. Whoever the, whatever the consensus top five was, you should have worked tirelessly on all five of them. Not just Deshaun Watson, all of them. You know, it goes even past Deshaun Watson, but let alone giving Deshaun Watson the time of day. Screwing it with Patrick Mahomes and all the other names in there. Can only imagine, right? Because they had their guy. Guess what? If if you're blown away, like let's just say we were like the flies on the wall, right? When Ryan Pace made his mind up on Trubisky, once again, it doesn't matter. Then there's nothing wrong with just going and checking out Deshaun Watson as much as you can. You already know Mitch is your guy. What, what are you, scared that he's going to change your mind? <laughs> like, what's the worst that can happen? You have the number three overall pick. You trade it up to get Trubisky at number two. So you obviously had in your mind, hey, we're going to do whatever it takes to get our man. Even if we have to trade up and be aggressive, we'll we'll throw that on the table too. So you knew you were going to be as aggressive as possible. Then you shouldn't have been worried about you know what your mindset was on Trubisky. Then go in and he's your guy. But it's not going to hurt checking out Watson for another couple days or whatever it would have taken, right? But like I said it's more of it's more of going that route that just obviously seals his fate. Yeah, it's just very simple. I think you can. Ryan Pace would love this show, by the way. Love it if you listen to it. He's a avid listener. Uh, but no, it, it's it's very simple. It's you know you 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 can miss in a draft pick. You're allowed to do that, but it's 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 only coming down to your point. It's it's when you when you. Don't do the due diligence to give everyone a fair shot and you have gut feelings and promises and, and, and don't truly evaluate everything because you like your guy, then you're unfortunately suffering the consequences right now. I mean, we've seen it all too often with the Bulls. I mean, now everything's different, but, you know, whether whether it's a, we, we you know, we really needed Tyrus Thomas. We needed Doug McDermott. You wanted, you know, they, they, they kept saying, there's one team in the draft that's promising that Chandler Hutchison will be their pick. We don't know who it is yet. Who did it turn out to be? The Bulls. Yeah. It, they, they weren't going to be wavered. They wanted their guy, no matter what anyone else or scouts or talent evaluators would tell them. And 
that that happened here if there was, was Ryan Pace was sold on this guy and and look from an intangible perspective he's a great leader but he just can't play the play the game and so you're going to see you know his not his replacement but what could have been <laughs> on Sunday I'll take him as a replacement but yeah you know oh, what hell yeah what what could have been on Sunday it, it'll be it'll be very interesting and and Listen, I'm always going to be excited for the game, but it's just one of those other kind of reminders of, like, here we go again. That's going to be the entire storyline the whole time. Thank God it's not a primetime game because the amount of graphics that Monday Night or Sunday Night Football would make for that would be endless and you, annoying. You know, 100%. And, you know, real quick before we transition to a more feel-good topic, if you will, I got the wheels turning now. And I guess just thinking about it for the sake of conversation and as a devil's advocate type of way of thinking about it is I wonder if – Let's just say we knew, and obviously this isn't the case, but let's just say we heard reports that Ryan Pace and the Bears spent days and hours dissecting, you know, Watson and Mahomes and all the other quarter top five, top top ten quarterbacks in that class. Like if they did just work endlessly and have multiple interviews and multiple tryouts, and at the end of the day it was still Trubisky, how much different would we be thinking about? Ryan Pace. Obviously, we would still be incredibly disappointed, maybe even way more disappointed from a talent evaluation standpoint. But I just wonder if our opinion would sway any little bit, if it would be the same, if it would be worse, if the story was actually the other way around, if they actually did have a very good, hardworking, thoughtful process leaning into the draft as opposed to having the complete opposite, it seems like. I just wonder – if, if our mindset would change a little bit. Well, once, like I said, obviously there would be a huge disappointment from an evaluation standpoint, but I just wonder where we would stand if that major point was different. Yeah, it's funny. I think I think they're almost equal. I think it shows how poor of a talent evaluator Ryan Pace is because he ignored the obvious and disregarded Watson as ever being their pick. But also, too, is if he did all the homework and saw all the same tape and facts and interviews and everything about Watson and then chose the other guy, it's still an indictment on what he can do. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, at the end of the day, it's when you draft Trubisky, you draft like, yeah, because if you did the right process, I mean, so that's where we're at. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, (laughs) flawed process or not, it falls on, on Ryan Pace. But, yeah, maybe that's what he has in his back pocket is, you know what I've learned from this and what I learned was, by being the way I'm going to be a better evaluator is if I do just more, if I just do more and just think better about my process. That that might be his saving grace, right? Because that's maybe what he could fall back on is you know what, it was very flawed. It was maybe just a a gut feeling that we went through, and we will never do that again. You know, we'll be we'll be way more you know, careful in the way we assess things and whatnot. Who knows? Maybe he did himself a favor by doing that as opposed to being this hardcore, you know, going a hardcore talent evaluator route. Because like you said, if you do go that route, then it's like, wow, well, you really missed on evaluating some talent there. So an interesting point, though, I guess, leading into it. But, you know, we, we can't actually transition unless we give ourselves some predictions here. Right. You give the Bears fans what we actually think is going to happen on Sunday at Soldier Field, because we talk about, obviously, the Trubisky Watson storyline. There's going to be plenty of talk of that, I'm sure, during the broadcast and whatnot. And rightfully so. What are you going to do? But what do you feel is going to happen Soldier Field on Sunday? I think Watson's going to come in. Oh, boy. I don't think he's going to hang, you know. 
massive points necessarily, and we'll we'll play back the tape when the Bears lose forty to three. But I do think that the Texans are going to come out victorious. Why? Because something that we didn't even get into today, because we could talk about it for shows to come, is just the defense now. Like what you let Stafford and the Lions do to you last Sunday, I lose a little bit of faith there. They're obviously a very good unit, but they're just starting to lose some steam. Apparently, Mac is a little banged up. This team is not getting to the quarterback the way they should. And that being said, they're just all over the place. How can you have any faith in them? Going to have to go with the Texans victorious. Yeah, man. give a score, though. They're just going to win. How about that? Can I say that? <laughs> you can do that. The hook there, they're just going to win? Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you there. I don't really know what else to say about the matchup. It's just it's kind of one of those. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, it's over. <laughs> I think, yeah. just you know, I, Bears have no, no chance? Oh, I think there's always a chance, but what what they've shown. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing if you lose a couple in a row, but they've lost six in a row and have shown nothing. So it's like, yeah, yeah the Texans aren't great, but they at least have, a, I mean, I know they're down Will Fuller, but at least they have an offense that can score. And and this defense has been suspect lately. So, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a very similar score to the Lions-Bears game last week just flipped. I think the Bears will maybe muster up 20 points and not be able to hold off Watson and the Texans. Well, there you go. Well, now time to transition and for the first time ever, do something a little fun because... Well, we have fun boy, on the show. Come on. Not well, the first time true. ever we're having fun. I guess I guess something feel good. You know, let's throw a little a feel good segment in here. We've talked about the headache and reminisced on the 2017 draft and process that Ryan Pace and the Bears went through to draft Trubisky over Deshaun Watson. And then, of course, a lot of people, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, we know. And team's not looking good. Joey and I are very skeptical about the outcome on Sunday at Soldier Field. So what we want to talk about now very quickly, and Joey, what I'm – I actually don't know the answer to this question is I want to know what is going to be your weekend happy distraction? What is going to be the thing you do, not Chicago sports related, that's going to make you feel good? What's on the list this weekend? Hell, it could be multiple. It's the first time we're doing it. What's the one or two things you're going to do this weekend to make you feel good? Well, I'll save the one for last that we'll probably both agree on. So I'll do I'll do first is probably cooking something delicious or baking something good. That's at least the skills I think we've all learned in uh, quarantine is how to utilize our kitchen to actually have it function like an awesome five-star Michelin restaurant. So I don't know. Tonight, tonight, meatballs were made. Homemade meatballs was the exciting one. So, oh, so yes, they were damn good. So maybe we'll keep the spirit alive and do something fun this weekend for cooking. Um, I think another one will be. I don't know. I'm I'm a big travel buff, so I I like watching anything, especially because we can't travel now. So I think watching and doing anything with travel and food makes me excited. If you haven't watched, I'm going to plug it here. Somebody feed Phil on Netflix. Uh, it is with Phil Rosenthal. He's the creator of Everyone Loves Raymond, but he travels the world and eats delicious food, and that's basically everyone's dream. So that's a fun thing to watch too. But the final one, of course, will be. Filling my head with the beauty that is the Mandalorian with the final two episodes of the season coming out this week and next. And it's been awesome. And I can't wait to keep exploring it and watching it because I'm deeply a Star Wars nerd at heart. My first holiday card as a kid was me in an Obi- entire Obi-Wan Kenobi costume with a det- an attachable braid to my hair. So I will proudly wear the dork card. And I know Dan is 
uh, joining me in that as well. <laughs> Interesting. So I like how you said you had an Obi Wan Kenobi outfit and not just a Jedi a Jedi outfit because it's the same thing, right? The brown cloak. Oh yeah. Well, no, it was yeah. particular. I had the, the blue Obi Wan lightsaber with the whole costume, and the I still have. The, oh, it's not here. I have it. It's in my other. It's. I think it's in my parents' house. I like got a box. It's the clippable Obi Wan braid as seen on TV. But specifically, you were Joey One Kenobi. Hell yeah. Got it. All right. I'll take or that. Or Obi Joe Kenobi. And I like Joey One Kenobi. That's better. <laughs> Obi Joe Kenobi. That's a decent one. All right. Well, love that. Eventually, I guess this will just become a Star Wars podcast because I'm definitely there with you. But apparently, I'm watching somebody feed Phil, right? Because if you know me, I've gained probably 50 pounds. Dirt. No, I haven't. But I've gained plenty of weight uh, during quarantine. Getting, getting back to semi-gym routines, semi-working out at home. Uh, type of routines i guess obviously more or less lately with things being the way they are um but yeah i'll sit down and i'll, I'll give this a, sh- a shot it looks like 2018 it came out how have i been missing this four seasons in already. i I'm missed it two till this out. year i watched all four this year is it is it a quick binge no they're an hour each they're an hour each and you're done oh Dedication. yeah i love it what was the coolest thing or the one the one episode that you just can't get out of your head where you go, that's definitely a place we have to go and try what he had. There has to be at least one episode that you can't get out of your head. Not necessarily your favorite. There's, there's probably plenty of other things where if you thought about it and went back and looked, like, oh, no, that's the place I would definitely need to go. But if you're thinking somebody feed Phil, what's one of the first places and things he tried that comes to your head? Wow. I think one of the cooler ones would have to – so I've never been to Asia. I've been to a few places in Europe. I've never been to Asia. And he went to Thailand, and there's this stretch in Thailand that they call it almost, I think it was like, you know, Venice of the Far East. And mm-hmm. and it's basically like a canal that you ride in a little, like, gondola boat on. And it's, I think I've it, seen, okay, yeah. And it's like a farmer's market and a market on the water. And so you literally, like, dock up, and it's like a little, like, kiosk, and, like, you get, like, freshly homemade pad thai from the greatest grandmother cook in the land and you go to the next one and get other food and the next one and get other food and you're just like rowing a boat through and gathering food and that's just that's just an experience i've never seen of course never lived through uh so i think that was just like a really cool like that's something you like learn and see when you travel or experience a new culture to where that's something that's completely out of your comfort zone completely different uh, that is an awesome way to get really good, like, homemade delicious food that I cannot replicate in my kitchen. I'm in. Not to be a hater, but whenever you watch shows like that, isn't it just like, man, it must be nice just to go to some company with a whole lot of money and say, hey, you know what I want to do? I want to travel the world. I want to eat a ton of good food. We should make a show about it. It's going to be really successful. And everybody in, like, man, must be nice. But hey, more more power to you know people who can yeah, pull that'd that be nice. Because talking about living the dream is just doing something like that, just traveling the world, going to parts of Asia, rowing in canoes or whatever it is, and just picking up some food. So definitely getting into that. But the rest of my weekend, my distraction from just the depressingness of. Uh, of Chicago sports, if you will, definitely Mandalorian as well. And once again, I have a sense that this is going to become a Star Wars mini podcast sooner or later. Uh, well, come come bull season, we'll just find ways to just randomly go on tangents and talk about 
you know what what the season season two of Mandalorian was like and what we think's gonna come about season three and beyond. So definitely doing a little bit of that as well. We'll definitely probably break down our reaction to to the season's end. Well, I'll wait till this. We'll wait till the season's over, right, to give a full recap of it. That way, I gives, guess. Gives, like I want to talk about it now, but I figure I. But aren't there people out there like are waiting till it's all out and then we'll binge it? I don't know if people are still doing that with this kind of show. You know what? Depending on how Sunday's game goes, maybe we'll do a little bit on Sunday. <laughs> That's Who knows? true. So stay tuned. Yeah, shameless, shameless uh, tease plug there, whatever you want to call it, for Sunday show. And also, Joey, don't know if you got around to it yet, but I'm in. I, I'm in on, on Netflix. Selena the series. Well, I haven't, Cumbia. Oh, Selena I haven't watched that. I just saw it pop yeah. up. I haven't seen it. It, it was just released uh, very like a, a, I don't even think a week ago. I think it was very like first week of December. So brand new, awesome. Um, I think there's going to be more. I'm not done with the whole thing yet. So like, my girlfriend likes to do the whole binge thing, and I believe it's nine episodes, but we're only like four, four or five in. I don't like to do that, especially because this is just like the first season. I think they're doing a couple seasons of it. So this is just season one, and I don't just want to watch the whole thing in one day, and then it's over. It's like that's right. It's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal, and I mean it's which is funny because everyone's like, "Oh my god, I love having all these shows on at once, and I can watch them." And I'm like, "Wait, now I missed it. It's gone. I watched an entire like four months worth of TV in two weeks." Yeah, like the beginning of quarantine, everybody watched Tiger King in like ten hours. Right, like it was over. It's like, oh, Tiger King, you haven't seen it yet. And when they say, "Have you seen it yet?" They mean like you literally have watched it from the entirety. Yeah. So I could talk to you about anything. Oh well, no, I haven't done that. But so that's what I'll do. Selena the series and um, and Mandalorian. So we'll we'll, we'll definitely give people plenty of time as it just released to catch up on Selena the series before I give my reactions to it along the way on this podcast. But who knows? Once again, depending on how Sunday Sunday goes, we'll go on ahead and maybe talk some Mandalorian as well. So well, the only thing I. Well, the only thing I will say is on the Mandalorian part, if you ever thought that Boba Fett was undervalued in Star Wars, he is badass in the last episode. <laughs> and there is no question of how ruthless and awesome he was and is now in the show uh, because that was freaking awesome. Definitely, definitely a redemptionist type of story I for think a character so. like that. I figured Spoiler that's alert. I figured that's like a kind of like character most people know versus if went on a deep dive of of uh, Ahsoka Tano right now. Watching animated <laughs> series and things like that. Yeah, exactly. If you catch up on your animated series stuff, we could talk that too. I know. Tell I got you. a lot to do. That's my bingeable challenge. There you go. So, if anybody else who, and I would highly recommend it. You know, we'll, we'll probably talk a little Mandalorian along the way. If you want to just go on an incredibly deep dive and do your Star Wars thing and highly recommend some Clone Wars, some Rebels in there, get you a whole lot of knowledge, you'll enjoy the Mandalorian that much more. But, all right, so we get to end on Mandalorian after talking about Ryan Pace. This is the way. I love it. This is the way. All full circle. For Joey Gelman, I'm Dan Collins. You can find on Twitter at TweetDanCollins and my man Joey at Joey Gelman. The show at Believe in Chicago. This wonderful show that you're listening to now, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Catch you on Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.